the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this. Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy is always brought to you by Cavens Construction, CavensConstruction.com. 13 days until the champs are back. Or if you're listening on Saturday, 12 days until the champs are back. But hey, it's almost time for the unanimous number one team in the land for the second straight year, I might add, to take the field. It was a long offseason, maybe the longest offseason that we've had. I, I don't know, but softball season is here. And by the way, thank you for all the support um, on the Diamond Envy podcast. So many of you reach out and say that you enjoy it every single week, including my man Gunny on Twitter. But if you haven't already, please subscribe and give us five stars on whatever podcast app you listen on. It really does help things. And hey, I'm just trying to be a five-star organization like OU Softball. Just, just saying, just trying to trying to get on their level. We'll never get to their level. Who is on their level right now? But uh, yeah, just please like and subscribe and comment and, and, and all that. Uh, anyone in the mood for a mock starting lineup for this upcoming season? Of course you are. We'll do that with OU Softball play-by-play voice uh, Chris Plank shortly. But first, if you've listened to this podcast for any stretch of time, You've heard me say probably multiple times, yeah, nothing surprises me anymore with OU softball. The new levels of greatness they seemingly always achieve, it's like, well, yeah, of of course they did. Of course they were able to achieve that. Like, it's the standard. But there's still times where I do say to myself, like, wow, I gotta say, that's a new level of great. And I thought that this week when USA Softball revealed its top 50 watch list, for the Player of the Year award, and eight Sooners were listed. Are you kidding me? 50 players were mentioned. Eight out of 50 were representatives from the OU softball team. And that's not even accounting for the incredible group of freshmen coming in who could be impact players at some point this year. Eight of the top 50. Now, okay, I know. That that doesn't win you anything. It doesn't get you to Oklahoma City. It doesn't get you to three-peat. Fine, okay, yeah, I think that we all understand that. But... That's more than two times of the rest of the Big 12. Like Texas and Oklahoma State combined for three. You have over double the amount of the rest of the conference for you know preseason player of the year, top 50 watch list for OU softball. It's incredible. And there's not any OU bias in these rankings. At least I don't see any. Like every single player you see on this list deserves to be there. Jordy Ball, yep. Jada Coleman, of course. Kinsey Hansen, duh. T.R.A. Jennings, well, she's going to win it. Haley Lee, her pass checks out. Grace Lyons, of course, the best shortstop belongs there. Sid Sanders, already proven. Alex Duraco, of course, and already proven as well. It's a star-studded lineup. And guess what? There's going to be position battles during the season, just like last year. What the opening day lineup looks like won't necessarily reflect what it is once this team gets to the postseason. Like that's that's a lot of fun. You're gonna see so many faces this year. And if you don't want to take it from me, that's fine. How about you take it from OU assistant JT Gasso? Uh, most of you know I have a show on the ref. I really kind of two shows. JT Gasso was uh, on the station earlier this week on the Plank Show, and um, I don't want to get anyone too excited. Actually, I do. That's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, but he said this regarding the OU lineup. Well, one of the things that was really cool 
was when we went back and looked at the data just and just seeing how, how people you know progress over the fall, every single person hit the ball harder and uh, hit it were, were more consistent in their uh, in how they were hitting it. Every like every single player. I've never I can honestly say that I've never had that before where every single player improved. I can't just name one because literally everyone um, improved. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, just just keep just keep an eye. Like I, I honestly feel that you might be surprised by at least one person a game. Um. Okay. Yeah. Excited. Anyone else excited when you hear JT Gasso say that? And I, I think he's like Patty. I don't think a whole lot of coach speak comes out of that facility up there. Uh, I think that they're very truthful in the in the evaluation of their team uh, year in and year out. Going to be surprised by like at least one player every single game. Every single player like their their numbers improve this off season. Yeah, that's enough to get me very, very fired up about this team. And I was already fired up about this team. You guys know that that listen to this podcast. But hearing things like that from JT Gasso, like, let, let's let's go. I mean, offensively, this team sounds like they're ready to go. I don't how can that not get you pumped up? You know, it's it's one thing to to get to the top of the mountain, but staying there is the toughest challenge. And hearing JT say things like that makes me think this program is in the perfect position to stay on the mountain. Back-to-back titles, but everyone got better in the offseason. And you heard him. He's never seen something like that before. JT's been coaching for a while now. That's what competition does. You know, it doesn't matter what you did last year. does not matter what you did last year. does not matter what you did in Oklahoma City last June. This year is this year. And if you don't produce, you won't play. That mentality keeps everyone on their toes. And I think it's one of the driving forces that keeps this program on top. But I did hint at it. Some of you caught it. Probably all of you caught it. Uh, Tiara Jennings, I think I think she's your player of the year this year. And sure, OU football had back-to-back Heisman winners, but me thinks OU softball is about to have back-to-back-to-back USA softball player of the year winners. And maybe, just maybe, with the current roster and what's coming in, Maybe even beyond that. Maybe it could go further than back-to-back-to-back USA Softball Player of the Year awards. Who knows? Again, back to the point. Nothing will surprise you, right? Nothing will surprise you. Nothing surprises you about OU Softball and what they're able to achieve. Hey, want to tell you a little bit about Cavens Construction, title sponsor for the podcast, five-tool player, just like T.R.A. Jennings, who I think will win the Player of the Year award. Five-star player because they can do it all. Construction, roofing, maintenance, environmental. If you got your home, excuse me, if you've got mold in your home or your office building, one, we hope that's not the case. But if that's what's going on, 405-573-3048. Call Cavens now. I want you to listen to this entire podcast. But if that, if you got a serious situation going on in your home and your office building, you are excused now from the table. You are excused now from the table to call Gary and the team at Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048. Uh, let them help you out. They, uh, they help out so many, so many businesses, so many people in the city of Norman and beyond. Tulsa, they're here to serve you as well. I know we've got some Dallas area listeners. Um, you can call them too, 405-573-3048 or CavensConstruction.com. All right, fun interview this week. OU softball, play-by-play voice Chris Plank. Let's get to that mock lineup and a whole lot more. Enjoy. All right, you know him, you love him, you listen to him. 
He's OU softball play-by-play voice, Chris Plank. And uh, speaking of listening to him, that's what I was doing uh, earlier this morning on the Plank Show, live on the ref. And I don't know, maybe I heard something wrong, but I thought that he mentioned something about a preseason mock lineup that he might have. Um, <laughs> I do it every I, year. You I don't know if you can share that here, but I oh, yeah, no, no. my interest. Let, let, let's go for it. Um, now, this is based completely, Tyler, and thanks for having me. Uh, based completely on the end of fall and into, you know, kind of what you hear from the preseason. So here's the way that it looks for Chris Plank right now. Hanson behind the plate. Um, Sid Sanders at first. Tiari Jennings at second. Grace Lyons at short. Alyssa Brito at third. Okay. Jada Coleman in center. Riley Boone in right. And any combination of Alina Torres, Haley Lee, uh, even Jordy Ball when she's not pitching out in left field. And I then think you'll have the DPs rotate that well too, uh, that way too, with Torres or Lee or uh, obviously uh, Jocelyn Erickson. So that's where my mind is right now. Now, I want to be clear. I haven't haven't run this past Patrick Dunn yet. I, I haven't bugged Coach about it. But that's my heading into the season. Wouldn't be surprised if that's your starters come, my gosh, I guess what, in less than two weeks from now. Yeah. Left field's a battleground once again. It was last year with uh, Brito, who you now have playing third base, thought that that could be the case at the end of last year. Of course, Mackenzie Donahue's out there. It's it's pretty set. I I agree with all of them. But that left field could be interchangeable, man, after like the second week. Exactly. And listen, um, I I don't. I just kind of rubber stamped Riley Boone in right field. I think that she's going to be fighting for playing time all year long. Here's the key. You know, and we, we were talking with JT Gasso this morning. Uh, and, of course, same place where you get the Diamond Envy podcast. You can find the, the podcast with JT. And he had talked about how he feels like every player improved, which is something that is kind of unique to him. Uh, and secondly, it could be a different player every single night. And that's kind of how I felt about it. You know, you go back to even – the battle series and it was a different player every single game for both teams that you came away being like, Whoa, that's now I know Sid Sanders won the overall championship, but you know, one night it's Haley Lee hitting two bombs and one night it's Kinsey Hansen. So yeah, I think that's pretty much what you're going to see in 23 and I'm, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. We're talking about the position players, but it's also going to be fun to see what happens in the circle right now. Sure. I'm going to guess that, you know, Jordy Ball and Starocco, probably your one, too. But they seem as deep as maybe they've ever been in the circle. Like, how, how do you think that that's going to work out in the first, you know, two, three months of the season? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we, you've got a true rotation. And you've got a lot of matchups, Tyler, that you can have. In other words, you know, Coach and I, I well, Coach is a big Dodgers fan. I'm a big Dodgers fan, too. And she likes – I think seeing what Dave Roberts has done with not just, and if you want to say it's the GM Dodger fans that get mad, but just to have guys that can do a little bit of everything and gals that can do a little bit of everything. And that's not just in, in the lineup. And again, going back to the previous conversation, Brito back on in the infield Torres is able to do a little bit of everything if necessary. I think that's the same thing now with pitching to where something pretty unique to softball, you can have matchups, yeah. right? You can have, uh, Kirsten Deal is going to be our, you know, in, in conference play. She might start a game, but if it comes down to a big moment where it's a lefty hitter and we need to get it out, 
Kirsten Deal's our go-to. And if she might pitch to one batter, might pitch to two. Um, but that's going to be her job. And I'm just, I use that as an example because there are so many possibilities, right? And it's, again, still somewhat new, I think, to, to the sport. You don't get a lot of pitchers coming in like you do in the in, in the bigs for, I think, what's the rule now, Tyler? You have to at least pitch to, what is it, six hitters or whatever it is in baseball because it becomes so specialized. Now with, you know, these bigger rosters, you can afford to maybe burn a pitcher like that with the depth of your staff. So I, I'm here for it, man. And I think it's going to be Jordy Ball as the ace again this year. And, well, I tell you what, Nicole May has had a whale of an offseason and she's healthy. So I'm excited to see her. And uh, obviously hoping Straco can be- get back to 100% after the fall too. Yeah, a couple of episodes ago, um, it's kind of going down the top 100 players list on D1 softball. Some players that I think are going to be ranked higher at the end of the year. It was a hot take, but not really that hot of a take because everyone <laughs> everyone thinks Kenzie Hansen's going to be good. Of course, Kenzie Hansen's going to be good. It'd be right. a surprise if she wasn't on the All Big 12 list at the end of the year. But my take was is that I think at the end of the season, and she, I think she was outside the top 10 in this ranking. I think that she might be viewed as the best catcher in softball. She's had really good seasons before, but it's her health. Like, there's just so many things are pointing me to, to believe that she's going to be maybe not just one of the best catchers, maybe one of the best hitters in all of college softball this year. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a huge, huge year from Kenzie. Not Jocelyn Allo, you know, not, not that, but she, she has a massive year. So, almost perfect timing for our, and for those that aren't familiar, Tyler and I work together at the ref, but – they also publish a monthly magazine called Boy Street, and then there's a more edition called 19th Street. It's a fantastic free piece that you can get anywhere around town in Norman. And I wrote about Kinsey Hansen, and yeah. and that was what what you're laying out was was my reason and the reasoning why I I pitched the story. And then when we talked to Coach Gasso about her, you know, she brought up there's times in every great players career at Oklahoma where they've hit a dip, you know, whether it's injuries, you know, playing a sport where you fail more times than these 16, whatever it is. And, you know, go back to Lauren Chamberlain, my, she battled injuries. I think it was her sophomore year. Uh, Say for Jocelyn Allo. Um, what they did that next year was legendary, right? They always bounced back in a big way. So Kinsey Hansen is that kind of player. You know, she's the kind of person that when you and I are doing this show, 15 years from now, we can say, man, Kinsey Hansen, one of the greatest of all time. That's the mm-hmm. potential, and that's how good she is. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, she's a great catcher. She's uh, smart with with pitchers and obviously really, really good arm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think she can be, if not the best, like right up there as we uh, approach World Series time this year. I'm going to ask you the exact same question you asked JT Gasso about three hours ago. Okay. And- his response was epic. You already talked about it. He's like, I've never seen every single player, you know, get right. better like this before. It's awesome. Who's who's kind of your surprise under the radar player going into the year? Um, I, I think if you say Jocelyn Erickson, that's not really under the radar because she's yeah. talked about so much. Um, God, I want to say Haley Lee, but there's someone else that has been talked about quite a there's bit. There's 10 top probably- 100 players. It's hard to pick anyone. Right. You know? I mean, um, I, I think Hannah Core, if she can get her bat going. Yeah. Um, you know, Hannah Core defensively, Tyler, your best defensive outfield for Oklahoma, in my mind, is Core in left, 
Coleman at center, Boone and right. And it might be among the best defensive outfields in all the softball. But for Hannah, she's got to hit. All right, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Quincy Lilio. Okay, under, under the rate. That's an under-the-radar pick. She's not talked about a lot. Uh, I think she's going to be in the mix for some DP. Uh, she can hit with power. She was one of the top recruits in the country, as are all of these student athletes. And I think she's got a chance to have a really good season. Now, it's tough to break that lineup, right? But let's say maybe you have some games where T.R.A. plays some short. Maybe Quincy plays some second. Um, maybe you see her some at third. I don't really know. I think it's either going to be Brito or Torres there. But that, that would be my under-the-radar pick. I really think she's got a chance, Tyler, to have a really big year. It's a good year to have uh, OU softball season tickets. One, they're going to be really good, but the home schedule right. is maybe as good as it's ever been. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, they, they got a real chance to have maybe Kenny Gajewski's best team, but this non-college right. schedule is loaded, man. And it's like a really good opening weekend of college football where OU is, bam, like there's some elite teams that they face. Where would this rank for you in terms of toughest non-conference schedules you've seen this program play in, in terms of like the preseason rankings? You know, I, I understand that there's many more uh, well-versed fans at this, you know, that can go back to the late 90s and some of the – all the trips out to Arizona and uh, the early 2000s. But this is the most difficult and the best non-conference schedule that I've seen Oklahoma have. I mean, you're – in fact, I would almost use the term epic – yeah. It appears in years past, in trying to schedule up as much as they can, it became a challenge because, you know, some of these classics, these tournaments, these preseasons just didn't provide some of the matchups for Oklahoma that you needed. Um, and, again, you can't help it when teams are down. But you add in a trip to, what, Baton Rouge, Florida State coming here for a midweek, you know, you're not messing around even. You've got to go to Starkville to play in the Classic. You've got an incredible lineup of teams with the Mary Nutter. Obviously, out of the Mark Campbell, you're opening up with Duke. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's as, as impressive as I've seen. And then, you know, for a seven-team league in softball, Tyler, of those seven teams, I mean, we're looking right now at, you know, three locks and maybe yeah. a fourth or a fifth knocking on the door of the tournament. And I'm with you. You know, I really like what Kenny Yaski has this year. I think they're going to struggle early on like last year because of their schedule. But, I mean, you're, you're facing three of the final four teams in this conference from the World Series last year. So, yeah, this is, for, for me, in my first year with 16, this is as difficult of a non-conference schedule as I can ever remember. And maybe as good as the Big 12 has been since it got kind of capped down to seven teams. Yeah, and the top six is really good coming into this year, man. I, yeah. I'm really keeping an eye on uh, UCLA. You mentioned Oklahoma State, but you know Florida State and Florida are going to be good. You right. know what you got with Alabama with Montana Fouts. But I think UCLA is a team that's really that really going to improve throughout the year. And once it's time to play for a national championship, I feel like they're going to be pretty good. With that yeah, I think that's said, I think that's the championship series right now. Yeah, I think yeah, so I, I'd agree. Like, yeah, I think I think that too. Um, how big of, how big is the gap? Do you think um, exists right now between OU and the rest of the field? Do you think it's pretty small? You think it's pretty wide? What does that look like to you? Well, I, I personally think it's pretty wide, but uh, it, it can easily be you know diminished with injuries. I mean, Oklahoma won the national championship last year without its best pitcher. I mean, I. I I don't know how many other teams would be able to lose their ace and yeah. still make a run even to the semifinals, right? Even to 
I mean, you go into the postseason and you've lost your number one. I mean, holy smokes, what are you going to do? Uh, but as you've said with UCLA, man, they've got – they have recruited and they are good. So I would say between Oklahoma and UCLA, it's fairly tight. Um, Oklahoma's – I know that, that you like to talk about it. You know me, I'm a little bit paranoid talking undefeated. Oklahoma's going to lose some games. They'll lose and that's games. fine. That's okay. And I'm okay with that. As long as it's not in June at the World Series. Um, but I, I think there are also some teams like Florida State. I'm not as big on Florida State as some are right now. But, dude, if Florida State gets hot, if, you know, if Oklahoma gets beat by him, well, there you go. That's that's a that's a tough one to try to bounce back from. But still, that's a team that has a talent that can beat Oklahoma. Now, can they beat him in a best-of-three series? No. But can they beat them on any given night? You bet. And there's a lot of teams in that group, right? Oklahoma State, Texas, UCLA. Um, I, you know, I'm not as I, – I, I don't know. We'll see how things kind of develop in the SEC. And um, I know that you had Gray on last week, and he's awesome. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I need to see the rejuvenated Montana Fouts to throw Alabama in there right now, but I'm not, I'm not against it. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm not trying to come from this like, oh, it's – big bad Oklahoma and bleep everyone, but <laughs> the proof is kind of in what they've accomplished and what they have coming back. I mean, how many times has anyone lost the best hitter in the history of college softball? And when they come back, you say, wow, their offense, it might be better. How is that possible? I had the, the title of the podcast two weeks ago was OU's going to replace the best player with the best player, with T.R.A. <laughs> Jennings being the best player coming back this year, yeah. according to in softball, and I agree, so – it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy, man. Hey, can I add one more thing on TRA too? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen someone more comfortable uh, in the spotlight than TRA. And I think a lot of that has to do with how she was raised, the kind of family that she has. I mean, um, obviously she gets great coaching and this Oklahoma family has put their arms around her and she's a rock star. Well, let me tell you something. Um, that family, that Jennings family, Tyler, they're special, man. And, you know, the way that they brought up Tiare and the way that, you know, she's grown into the player that she is. I mean, she's somebody that, I mean, I just almost feel like is destined to have a C on their chest next year. And she is she is comfortable with it. Now, she's going to hit skid. She's going to have tough spots. But um, I just, you know, they, they talk about people that are cut from a different cloth, right? And it's like, that that person's special. That's That, to me, is you have two people – uh, they really jump out to me on that, and they're both uh, around for a couple more years in Jennings and Coleman. So it's it, it's pretty special having that one-two punch going forward. Well, that that's what's you know, one of the many great things about college softball is it just has such an intimate feel to it. Is you felt like you knew Jossie's parents, especially her yeah, dad. Right? Exactly. Um, exactly. You're saying the same thing about Tiare's family. I mean, you're going to get to know them a lot more this year. You had a broadcast last year where I asked you the next Monday, "Who is that? Who is that yelling so loud?" You're like, "Oh, that's Uncle Mike. Yeah, that's that's yeah, Jada's uncle. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Uncle Mike. You know who Uncle <laughs> Mike is now?" So it, it's just one of the cool things. You just you get to learn these kids, but you get to learn about their families as well. Yeah. It's, it's it's awesome, man. It's really cool. Um, one final question before I get you out of here. Now, in the industry, we call this inside baseball. Like Obviously, it. it's inside softball on, on this podcast. So early on in the season, what you know, it's a player. It's well, you know, maybe she's struggling early on, or not necessarily struggling, but trying to get in the flow of things. It's early on right. in the season. Does that exist for you as a broadcaster? Like, do you yes. just go, bam, after an offseason into game one and you're just as good as you were last year? Or does it take a few games for you to get back in the flow? 
you know, uh, last year I thought was surprisingly smooth. I think being on the road helped it out. But every year there's a few moments, you know, I'll just say this. Oklahoma has some girls that when it comes off their bat, every time you're like, oh, my gosh, that is gone. And it'll end up, you know, it's just a one hopper off the just a <laughs> one hopper off the fence. So, yeah, and it's also, you know what, it's it's learning the team still. You know, I, I mean, we could sit here and I could talk about everyone's hometown and we could talk about their family, but you want to see where they've been improved, right? And Tyler, I have a lot of new faces to learn around this team, not just in the eight newcomers for Oklahoma, but, well, and it's a little help, the volunteer assistant is Hope Troutwine, but uh, they brought in, you know, a new analytics person. There is uh, another new grad assistant. Um, There's a new uh, equipment manager this year for them. But, you know, thankfully we have two consistents there in, in one of the greatest strength coaches that everyone will be hearing about soon in Dane Summer. And uh, their their athletic trainer, who is among the best that you you could ever have for this sport, she gets it. She's awesome. But yeah, I a lot of new, a lot of new um, outside of the uh, outside of Dane and Mara, Mara Kennedy for the Sooners. So I'm just I'm pumped to get things going. Uh, yeah, Sooner Nation, hang with me. I'm sure it'll be a, a struggle through the first game. But if we're not in a groove, Tyler, by the 10th game of the season that I'll really be concerned about this. <laughs> I might be getting right, man. Good stuff. Appreciate you as always. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me, dude. Sorry for the snotting. All right, I want to tell you about another one of our uh, another one of our great sponsors on the Diamond Envy podcast. You know her, Dr. Amanda Sadler, two-time graduate at the University of Oklahoma. Dr. Sa- uh, Dr. Sadler at the In Motion Clinic in Norman. She will work with you to bridge the gap between fitness and functional medicine. For more information, call 405-515-4040. That's 405-515-4040. If you want to feel better, have more energy, and optimize your health and wellness, Dr. Amanda Sadler at the In Motion Clinic in Norman will work for you. Let's hear a little bit more from Dr. Amanda Sadler. Dr. Sadler, what's gait analysis and why is it important? So gait analysis is looking at how a person walks or runs, looking at their biomechanics. And so when it comes to an athlete, you know, some people don't consider themselves running, but essentially in any sport you do, there's some type of running involved. And so what what I do is you can either use it for um, performance enhancement. So making your running form more efficient or if you're having injuries, I can look at like from a biomechanical standpoint and make improvements to where you're less injury prone and we can get you over the hump of those injuries. Uh, in my clinic, I use a combination of things. I use video analysis. I also do a lot of um, just exercises and stretches beforehand to look at your stability, at your flexibility, at your what's called your mobility. And then I use a motorless treadmill So you essentially become the motor. And so that really lets me see any flaws or deficits in um, your stride, which is um, what's considered your, um, your, when you're running your stride is if a left leg and a right leg goes, that's a stride cycle. And so just making sure that you're balanced. And um, so a lot of, a lot goes into it. And then what goes home with the patient is some tips on what they can do to practice on their form, some stretching, some strengthening exercises, and just really get them running as fast and efficiently as possible. 
All right, so less than two weeks, we're going to get underway. The fun is going to start, and the champs will be back. And right out of the gate, you, you got challengers. Duke, a preseason top 25 team, got a chance to, got a really good chance to be one of the better teams in the ACC. That's at 6 p.m. Central on that Thursday, uh, Mark Campbell Invitational. Then you'll see Washington. I mean, Duke and Washington in that first weekend is no joke out there in Irvine, California. So, I, I'm always interested to see, like, it seems like OU's been starting out on the West Coast for for a while now, like, just how many casual college softball fans make their way out to Irvine. I'm sure there's going to be some Washington fans there, maybe some Stanford fans as well. There will be some OU fans in Irvine, California at the Mark Campbell Invitational. I have no doubt about that. But just how many people show up just to see the show, you know, like, just to see... Um, T.R.A. Jennings and Jordy Ball and Grace Lyons and Jada Coleman and everything this team has to offer. I- I'm going to guess whether it's the Mark Campbell, whether it's the Mary Nutter. You know it's going to happen at the Mary Nutter Invitational. Um, but I just think there's going to be a lot of casual uh, people out on the West Coast that say, oh, OU softball is playing out here this weekend in Irvine? Let- let's go check that out. Let- let- let's go check out one of the more exciting things going on right now, not just in college softball, but really all um, in all of college sports. So it's almost here, getting ready to go. Expect OU to come out with a bang, and uh, hopefully they take care of business out there in Irvine, California. Again, thank you so much for all the supports on the Diamond Envy podcast. Continue to subscribe. Continue to leave us five stars. Comment. Tell us what you think about the podcast. Uh, We're going to do this all season long, just like last year, all season long. We will talk to you next week right here on Diamond Envy. I'm your host, Tyler McComas.